Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Right now, the big domestic news is the debate over Donald Trump in the Republican primary. What will happen with Nikki Haley in New Hampshire? What will happen with Ron DeSantis? We don't know. Now, I certainly think the Democrats aren't too concerned about what happens with Joe Biden because Nikki Haley is their candidate. And it seems like Vivek Ramaswamy was right. The play the Democrats are making is to get Nikki Haley to win in the primaries in particularly blue areas, and then she can be the Republican nominee. And if it's Nikki Haley versus Joe Biden, you basically got uniparty v. uniparty, and it's back to the old establishment game. If Nikki Haley is elected, we will get World War III, in my opinion. Or, you know, it's a little hyperbolic. We will be strongly in moving in that direction. To be fair, however, based on the news we're getting this morning, it may already be the case. We have a major story from Bloomberg. Iran strikes militants in Pakistan as regional tensions soar. And Pakistan is saying that they have a right to retaliate. So now Iran has engaged in military strikes in Syria, Iraq, and Pakistan while supplying weapons to the Houthi rebels in the Red Sea, shutting down shipping for energy, threatening the European economy, and of course, the American economy. And by all means, you can talk about American foreign policy, who's at fault. But either way, for those of us that are not sitting here trying to get into debate over the actions of the United States and these foreign countries, just know war is on the horizon. It is escalating. It is getting serious. And this will dramatically affect your ability to live. And of course, we may not get to an election this year in the way we think. We have the story from Newsweek. Putin ally says World War III will definitely begin soon in the Middle East. I don't know that he's wrong. Shell apparently is shutting down shipping through the Red Sea, which means energy costs and shipping costs are going to skyrocket. The cost of goods coming into the Mediterranean, it's going to skyrocket because the Houthi rebels keep firing missiles at cargo ships and they're shutting it down. Why are they doing it? Because of Israel and Gaza. And for this, your prices will go up. And as we debate what's going to happen in our Republican primary and who's going to win, something else might happen. You know, I don't know that something like this results in a in a Joe Biden presidency. In fact, this could actually lead to a Donald Trump landslide. Ah, ha, ha. Take that clip and, and run it in a year from now. I don't know that it will. But I'm saying in the event that we actually are pushed into World War Three, I do not see an argument being made for Joe Biden, nor Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley may come out and say, 
I warned all of you when I was on that debate stage that Vladimir Putin was going to start World War III. Donald Trump is going to be the guy who says there was no war under my presidency. Vote for me and we will put an end to it. The challenge then becomes, how do you as the deep state, as the U.S. imperial mechanism, ensure that if Donald Trump wins, you get your war? Well, these vile and disgusting scumbags will likely start it before Trump can even assume office. Because then, you know, while they wanted the war in Ukraine with Russia, this was all 2014 under Obama. Donald Trump gets elected and it all subsides. They were probably fuming, saying we just want to blow up more kids, but they weren't able to. And so how do you ensure that you as the deep state The intelligence agencies get to blow up as many children and American citizens as possible. Well, it's quite simple. Start the war and force Donald Trump to end it. Because I tell you this, if there is an attack on U.S. targets and Donald Trump is running, we know who Donald Trump is. He will say, I will not stand for this. The United States will retaliate and defend itself. Now, to be fair, when there was, a, uh, I believe a drone got taken down by Iran. I can't remember. The, it's, been a, it's been a long time since this story. Donald Trump ordered a retaliatory strike and then canceled it at the last minute, saying it's not worth taking the lives of all these individuals over uh, you know, the equipment that we lost or something like that. Perhaps if Iran does expand their conflict and the Red Sea gets just totally shut out, which is basically at right now, if a U.S. target is hit and a U.S. cargo ship was already hit, Trump might say, As much as we want blood, retaliation, revenge, understand expanding this war will take its toll on you, the American citizen, taxpayer and voter. And so the best thing we can do is negotiate peace. And perhaps Donald Trump is the best person to do that because that's what we got under his presidency. No new wars. That was not all perfect. There were drone strikes, a lot of them. Missile strikes in Syria. These were mistakes. But Trump, no new wars. A timeline for withdrawal from Afghanistan, which Joe Biden screwed up. And I think our best chance for peace will be Donald Trump, maybe a uh, Ramaswamy vice president. But let me show you what this Putin ally has to say. World War Three, of course, keeps bubbling up in the media. And we've been talking about this quite a bit. Understand this. Many people say, Tim, it is too hyperbolic. World War Three. Oh, come on. If people come on Timcast IRL and they say, there's not going to be World War III, nuclear bombs flying everywhere. I was like, whoa, 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 who's talking about nuclear bombs flying anywhere? No, no, no. This is what people think. When I say World War III, I get these people who are like, you really think nukes are going to go flying? And it's just like, what? when did I say that? You know, go ahead and make your assumptions, man. World War III simply means there will be war all over the world involving allies and various factions. It doesn't mean people are going to fire ICBMs at each other, though that's a possibility. What we're seeing right now with the Middle East, with China, Venezuela, we've got war bubbling up in basically every region. Almost every region. I mean, to be fair, there's certain areas, of, you know, S- South America near, you know, Argentina, Chile. Hey, there's no big war down there, right? But we do have Venezuela and Guyana. We have Eastern Europe. Germany released uh, leaked documents suggest they f- they're preparing for war. Of course, they, they always say it like, oh, Russia is going to engage in World War Three, so we better prepare. Yeah, you're preparing for war with Russia. And so is Sweden. They think it's going to escalate to that point. Russia, of course, will align with China. China will make its moves for Taiwan. And this is where we're at. And it may 
bubble up with conflict in Iran. Of course, the U.S. Wanted, has wanted to invade Iran for a long time, and it probably has a lot to do with the Red Sea, among other things, oil, energy, etc. Newsweek reports, Margarita Simonian, editor-in-chief of the Russian state-owned RT, predicted on Monday that World War III will definitely break out in the Middle East. In a series of posts to X, formerly Twitter, she said, I'm assuming it's one, Simonian, is that how you pronounce it? Simonian, Simonian, who the U.S. Department deems a Kremlin propagandist raised questions about when world powers, including the U.S., would spark a major conflict. And now the third world war. Whether a world war will break out now or a little later depends on whether Washington believes that it will be useful to to it now before the elections or vice versa. Judging by the choral silence of the American media, they're still thinking. I agree. I completely agree with this. Take a look at this document for uh, this news report from WION. Putin planning World War Three leaked documents from German MOD reveal NATO's worst nightmare. Certainly, this conversation is bubbling up. But this morning, when I come in to talk about the news, what do I see? Donald Trump versus Ron DeSantis versus Nikki Haley and nothing else. I mean, the primary was a couple days ago. And fair point, there are arguments to be made about what we do in the next week. There's big news here. But the big news, in my opinion, from last night, Iran strikes militants in Pakistan as regional tensions soar. And I start thinking to myself, why is this not front page headline in the mouths of every single pundit? Why is this not the story? This is a this is I do we have a map. This is nuts. The U.S. has been looking for its for its casus belli with Iran for a long time. And now we have Iran striking Pakistan, not to mention almost striking a U.S. consulate in this past week. And of course, it's in the news. But I'm wondering why it's not the most talked about thing imaginable. And I think, you know, maybe this uh, this Kremlin propagandist, as they say, is right. The deep state is not quite sure whether or not to to launch retaliation and expand this into the American public just yet. And what I mean is, I'm not saying they have definitive absolute control over whether or not we will discuss a certain story or otherwise. I certainly think that they can push. The U.S. interests can absolutely make this a story a, a, a talking point by having Joe Biden come out and say it. The news reports will then all reflect what Biden is saying and talking about. They could. Why aren't they? Maybe they will later. But this was last night. Why hasn't Joe Biden come out and said Iran has made this? Because they don't know just yet how to play this. I think the risk we face right now is the, the move they will make in terms of foreign war. Absolutely. Is to force a war that Donald Trump must answer if he wins. The idea being, if we can't have it, no one can. And the deep state, of course, the intelligence agencies, the Uniparty, whatever you want to call it. Their attitude is going to be, if you really want to take over, we will cause you such tremendous crises and problems, you will regret it. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com Carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside 
roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. Now, I'm not saying it's the U.S.'s fault for all the war that's, that's happening. I'm saying the U.S., intelligence forces will hyper-focus on and escalate the conflict so that Trump is completely overwhelmed and can do only what they demand he does. Fall in line because war is at your doorstep. I don't know that Trump is that guy. And I don't know that Nikki Haley is going to be able to actually convince anyone to vote for her if war is actually escalating to this point. Bloomberg reports, Iran conducted a missile strike on a militant group in Pakistan, sparking a diplomatic crisis between the neighboring countries at a time of rising regional tensions. Regional? Let's talk about global tensions. Pakistan said it's recalling an ambassador to Iran and barring Tehran's envoy from re-entering the country over the unprovoked and blatant breach of its sovereignty. The attack marks a sharp escalation of Iran's campaign against Jaish al-Adal, a separatist group based in Pakistan. Iran's Tasnim news agency said two bases belonging to the militants in Balakistan province were destroyed late on Tuesday with missiles and drones. Jaish is uh, Jaish, I pronounce it, a Sunni group that operates along predominantly Shiite Iran's porous border. Oh, I love this. Just real quick. I have a uh, uh, curse filter. Let me try to keep it family friendly. And Shiite has been censored by the. That's funny. Iran's porous border with nuclear armed Pakistan. It's launched multiple attacks on Iranian security forces. Most recently, a December assault on a police station that killed 11 people. Iran and the U.S. both considered a terror group. The strike came as tensions rippled through the Middle East over the war between Israel and Iran-backed Hamas, which has been raging in Gaza for more than 100 days. This we get it, we get it, we get it, and here we are. Red Sea crisis, a risk for EU economy, energy supply, and prices. The Wall Street Journal reports Shell suspends Red Sea shipments amid fears of more Houthi attacks. We'll have to see whether this becomes a longer standing issue. CEO Yael Sawan told the Wall Street Journal in Davos. This is my question because I don't know. If these shipments are suspended and the European economy takes a hit, the U.S. economy takes a hit, is that a play against Joe Biden or against Donald Trump? I honestly can only see this benefiting Donald Trump. Biden as president will be dealing with international conflict for which he will be blamed. Look at Afghanistan. Or is the play that wartime presidents tend not to lose? Yeah, you take a look at George W. Bush and his approval rating after 9-11 skyrockets, even though people hated the guy beforehand. It's nuts, isn't it? The idea is typically that when war breaks out, wartime presidents see tremendous support because people are scared to vote for someone else at a time of conflict when you need someone to see it through. But I don't know if that's going to play out this way. I mean, Joe Biden as president during a war terrifies me. If it was Donald Trump and war happened, okay, I get it. You know, but maybe that's just me. I'm not the kind of person to be like George W. Bush would remain president because there's a war going on. I'm like, nah. Although, you know, in 2004, I wasn't in favor of anybody. I don't know what was going on. I was like, whatever. I remember watching these debates and just being like, yo, I literally don't care about these people. I don't know if there even is a play. Maybe the reality is just, War is coming, and there's nothing we can do about it. China wants Taiwan. Iran is upset over Israel. The Houthis are striking trade routes. Europe won't stand for it. 
Russia does not want NATO expansion on its borders. Would Russia really attack Baltic states? Yeah, that's crazy. The fear is there's this region in Europe, Kaliningrad. It's, it's an oblast of Russia, but it's surrounded by Poland and Lithuania with Belarus, sort of. There's a, there's a corridor that they could open up. But basically, Poland and Lithuania and the Baltic Sea, giving Russia access to the Baltics. And in Europe, it's a very interesting piece of territory that most people don't even know exists. To be honest, most people don't even know where Ukraine is on a map, but you know, it is what it is. The fear there is that Russia will massively build up their military presence in this area, giving them the opportunity to strike Baltic states or uh, Sweden, Finland. And if war does come to Finland, which I believe, uh, you know, I, just, I always want to make sure because as much as I, I know my geography, I believe Finland borders Russia and uh, the Finnish border is uh, currently closed. It does massively borders uh, Russia. But if Russia wants to strike Finland through the Baltics, they can launch from Kaliningrad or from Moscow. Actually, let me just pull up the map here while I have it. So this is uh, Kaliningrad right down here. You can see there is nothing there. It's Russia. And so the, the, the idea is they could load up military uh, forces and naval forces, and then they could strike Finland from two different directions or even Sweden. Sweden apparently is also concerned about the, the threat of war with Russia. And we may be heading in that direction. I just don't know. I really don't. I mean, we what is the deep state play here with World War Three and why is all this bubbling up? Perhaps the reality is it's much simpler than we think. Maybe it's not that they're trying to create war, but that they are failures of an administration who can't maintain international relations. A lot of people want to believe that Joe Biden is part of this big deep state cabal conspiracy and that there's someone pulling the puppet strings. It's Obama. I wonder I wonder if it's much simpler than that. They didn't want to go to prison, so they run against Trump. Trump can't win against deep state tactics and strategy, but they have no long term plan. And now everything's falling apart because they're corrupt crackpots that were only just trying to steal as much as they could as a Titanic sank. Two views. Joe Biden is a puppet on strings. Obama or someone is pulling the sh- calling the shots and they want this conflict. Or the Titanic is sinking and they decided they're going to run around and steal as much fine China as they can as they make their way to the lifeboats. Their lifeboat, of course, I guess would be mainland China, but I'm not sure. The BBC reports Red Sea attacks Greek vessel hit by missile fired by Houthi rebels. This is all yesterday. All of this is bubbling up and it's bubbling up rapidly. And it's only January 17th. I do not see how any of these countries sit back and allow the expansion of this conflict. So what comes next? Pakistan weighing its options. What happens if Pakistan launches airstrikes into Iran? Neither country is going to sit there and just accept it. Someone throws a rock at you. You throw a rock back. And that's it. Now you've got people launching rocks at each other. There was an opportunity for peace in Ukraine. And this happened, uh, was it last year, a couple years ago? Boris Johnson flies in and says, no peace. So you have to, you have to wonder, what's the strategy here? Perhaps Western forces are so confident that they can bully the East that they can go in there and say, we'll go to war, we'll play a game of chicken with you, and we won't back down. I don't see... Russia, Iran, China, Venezuela, the BRICS nations even. I don't see them just simply saying, okay, 
Now, interestingly, BRICS is uh, uh, BRICS nations are not. Let me let me pull up the uh, list here. They're not unified in what this conflict is, right? So uh, BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, and the Emirates, because they expanded. So if you've got India, you know, Iran's fighting Pakistan. This is going to be interesting. In, you know, if it, it, this is going to be real interesting. It may be NATO versus BRICS. I'm not uh, uh, the biggest expert on what World War III will look like, but I've been saying this for years that the U.S. economy being threatened by the expansion of the BRICS nations is the simplest explanation for why World War III will start. So what's your plan? What are you going to do? You know, we have uh, our third U.S. airstrikes in Yemen without declaration of war. Justification by people on the uh, left and some on the right. And I wonder what will happen in this country electorally if this conflict escalates. It'll be really funny if there's no election. Roseanne Barr has the bet with Michael Malice that there won't be an election. And Michael bet her $1,000 there will be. Now, the assumption is inner turmoil will stop a U.S. election from happening. But what if the real reason there's no election is because World War III breaks out? And it's not a matter of politics. It's a matter of capability, meaning the war is so intense. The conflict is so severe. There's just no election because no one does. And there's no Biden presidency and no one knows what's going on. Man, I have no idea. Seems hard to believe, right? Putin ally claims World War Three already underway. Huh. Well, hold on there a minute. Now we opened up with a World War Three will begin soon. Believe it or not, a day before you had Vladimir Solovyov name check Donald Trump as he claimed World War Three has started. Man. Maybe I should have led with this one, but you get my point. He's, uh, he's the anchor of Russia One, and uh, he was name-checked. I love that they say name-checked Donald Trump. What does that even mean? He's, uh, let's, let's read. He says, once again, he returned to the theme, warning that Russia was being confronted with a formidable enemy. We are dealing with the collective West, so to speak, which means more than 50 countries. Some of them are not Western. The West is no longer a geographical term. Either way, they will get the economy going and move it into, uh, move it onto a war footing. He said this meant that Russia had only a year and a half or two years to bring its economy up to a level when it will be able to stand up to these countries with their economic potential. Oh, man. We are moving towards World War Three. In my opinion, it's already underway. By the way, Trump thinks so, too. I agree. I'll say this. Our best bet at preventing World War Three. It's plainly obvious. Donald Trump for president. The stakes have never been higher, never been higher. We've not dealt with the prospect of an actual nuclear armed and worse, biologically armed world uh, world war. Industrialized war with World War One and World War Two. Terrifying. World War Two, the advent of nuclear weapons and the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah, the bombs we used, the United States in Japan. They got nothing on the weapons of today. The ICBMs that we do have, internet, intercontinental ballistic missiles, they have 1,250 times the power of the bombs used in Japan. And those missiles, 50-year-old technology. I mean, we're talking the 70s they were building these things. The more terrifying things that we do know about, biological weapons. 
genetically targeted viruses. That's the future of war. The U.S. drops a bomb on a certain country. That country retaliates. Their allies get pulled in. Eventually, one country says, we have released a virus that specifically targets the genes of a particular race of people. And then what? The stakes have never been higher. I think our best path and our best plan will be Donald Trump. But maybe there won't even be an election. We'll see, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on the channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. The next debate was scheduled for New Hampshire. It has now been canceled by CNN after Nikki Haley says she will not debate unless Donald Trump is there. I find it funny because many of these Republican candidates were criticizing Donald Trump for not wanting to debate, and now they're basically taking the exact same position. Third place Nikki Haley thinks she is deserving of being on the stage with Donald Trump. Laughable. Okay, Ron DeSantis is not going to win. Nikki Haley is not going to win. Vivek Ramaswamy already figured it out, dropped out, endorsed Donald Trump. And so here we are, wasting our time. It is being speculated that Nikki Haley will drop out before the South Carolina primary because she is polling so miserably. Perhaps the real game being played is maximize the money-making venture you have in politics, get as many Democrats as possible, this one's funny, to switch their party affiliation And then it all comes crumbling down. And congratulations, you've had some kind of impact. You know, I know that we've made the argument that Nikki Haley is the establishment play. I think she is. It just doesn't mean that it's going to be a successful play. In fact, she's she's probably going to lose. More data is coming in. It's looking really bad for Nikki Haley. It's looking really bad for Ron DeSantis. And Ron has just lost some of his most ardent supporters. A former spokesperson for Never Back Down said it is time to unify behind Donald Trump. Ben Shapiro has come out and said there is no logical map for Ron DeSantis at this point. But my friends, we mustn't just criticize Ron DeSantis because I will say it. I will say it strongly and fiercely. I will never call for Ron DeSantis to drop out of this race. I don't know, maybe starting now. Uh, as long as Nikki Haley is in there. And so, you know, since Vivek came on the show last week and he said the play here is Donald Trump gets stopped by the deep state somehow. They'll do anything. And then your options are going to be Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. 
So he's going to stay in the race. Well, he dropped out. Now we're all a little worried because what if something does happen to Donald Trump? Nikki Haley is then. So I'm like this. Look, Ron is in second place. There's a lot wrong with the guy in terms of charisma, leadership, capabilities. But he is infinitely better than Nikki Haley. And Donald Trump is infinitely better than Ron DeSantis. But I will take what I can get. And for everybody saying, I see, I, th- I see these prominent individuals saying it is time for Ron to drop out and, get behind, and, and for us to get behind Trump, which implies Ron should endorse Donald Trump. It's going to be funny when he does and everyone starts cheering for him. But why call for Ron DeSantis to drop out when Nikki Haley is still sitting right there? And we're all really worried about that. Well, here's where we're currently at, my friends. The shift is upon us. I love the story. Washington Post, CNN cancels debate. Haley declines invitation. Ron DeSantis is apparently the only one who's actually willing to debate. And he's in second place. CNN will no longer host a Republican primary debate in New Hampshire because just one qualified candidate, Ron DeSantis, accepted the network's invitation. We will continue to pursue other opportunities as the campaign season progresses through 2024, a CNN spokesperson said Wednesday in an email to The Washington Post about the debate's cancellation. The debate was scheduled to be held at New England College on Sunday, two days before the January 23rd New Hampshire primary. While former President Donald Trump, the primary's frontrunner since the race kicked off, has declined to participate. Why would he? Why would a guy who's leading the polls by like 40% debate? Debates are for when you're within a few points and you want to knock your opponent down a peg or two, gain some, gain some traction. Trump's running effectively as an incumbent. Nobody's going to vote against the guy. I mean, like some people will, but let's be honest, he's not going to lose this one. But I do love where we're currently at, my friends. Ramaswamy calls for DeSantis Haley to drop out and endorse Trump. A bold move, the correct move. And I appreciate uh, Vivek here saying that they should drop out. I don't like the people saying it's time for Ron to drop out. No, 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 no. It's time for them both to drop out. Vivek is correct. And if Nikki doesn't drop out, I don't want Ron to drop out. Well, let's let's be honest. They both need to drop out. This money needs to be put behind Donald Trump so that he can run an effective race against Joe Biden. And we don't got to worry about any deep state plays within the GOP primary like they could with Nikki Haley. That's the fear that Nikki Haley is the real Democrat play. They know they're not going to win a general. They know they can't. Look, you think about this. Everyone's brought these problems up to us. They said, how do they get rid of Joe Biden? Because it ain't going to be Joe Biden. I say it can't be right. Yeah, but what about Kamala Harris? And I'm like, here's my pitch. Here's my deep state strategy plan as to what I think they might they, they would consider or the best play they could make is Joe Biden's giving a speech. Hey, I'm campaigning. Vote for me. Oh, he got my heart. And he falls down. Gavin Newsom runs out on stage in slow motion, throwing his suit jacket off, rolling up his sleeves, getting down and doing chest compressions on an ailing Joe Biden, saving his life. Joe Biden says, I have suffered a, a serious heart incident and, you know, am incapacitated. Kamala Harris then says, I'm going to take up the role of acting president and do my duty because duty is the good thing you do when it's your duty. And everyone's like, yeah, and all the Democrats are clapping. And then they ask, but Joe, you can't run now. What do you do? And Kamala Harris says, well, I think it would be wrong for me to Ignore my responsibilities as acting president by running a campaign for president in this short amount of time. Therefore, after this, I will not seek the presidency. She's offered some other job. Gavin Newsom then steps up and says, well, gosh, darn it. 
If no one can do it, I'll do it. And then he gets the press tour as the guy who saved the president. And that's tremendous for them. That was my play. It's complicated. It's convoluted. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying that's like a real clear path as to how it could possibly happen. Because the big issue is even if Joe Biden is impeached, convicted, removed, or like if aliens abduct him, I don't care, whatever. However, Biden is no longer running. Kamala Harris is standing right there. Well, here's the play. Nikki Haley, now you don't need to do anything. Kamala Harris can stand where she is. Biden can do his thing. And when Biden loses resoundingly, Nikki Haley handily wins. That's why I don't want DeSantis to drop out if Haley's still in the race, because I'd rather have DeSantis than Haley. I'd rather not have either, to be completely honest. But man, here's where we're currently at. It's remarkable. Johnny Maga, Johnny Maga and X says, Clay Travis, Ben Shapiro, Laura Ingram, Steve Cortez, Tommy Loren have all called on DeSantis to drop out of the race and get behind Trump. Ron is done. Some of his biggest supporters, the Daily Wire guys were in the bag for DeSantis the whole way through. You know, maybe not all of them. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they were they were very defensive. I mean, I was sitting with these guys in their backstage event a year and a half ago, and we were saying, like, it looks like Ron's the guy, not Trump. Trump's out. We don't know what he's doing. And then, of course, Ron, oof, turns out he did not know what he was doing. So here we are. Now, you've got some of the most prominent supporters of Ron DeSantis saying, it's over. Take a look at this from Steve Cortez. It's time to unite and coalesce behind Donald John Trump. Failure in November would result in an America that's unrecognizable. The path to restoration will be led by President Trump. My new article. Well, let's pull up that new article. Steve Cortez. He used to be the spokesperson for Never Back Down. That's my, maybe I'm wrong about that. Am I wrong about that? Only Trump can save America. He says, I believe that Republican voters were ready for a new post-Trump chapter of the America First movement. I now believe I was wrong. Those of us who backed Ron DeSantis or the other Republican candidates should read the room. Former President Trump winnowed the field effortlessly and then crushed the remaining three candidates in Iowa. Well, it was four. Asa Hutchinson was apparently still running. Yikes. He, he leads in the polls everywhere else. It is time to coalesce and unite behind the clear preference of the GOP grassroots Donald John Trump. We do not have the luxury of further internal strife and instead must grid for an epic battle this autumn against our opponents who are inflicting daily damage upon America. Any further time, capital and effort spent attacking the front runner, especially with Democratic Party like talking points, only dilutes the power of our cause as we head toward November. Why do these patriotic voters rally so overwhelmingly to Trump? Clearly, they admire the resilience of this outsider who is so reviled by the ruling class that has nothing but contempt for everyday Americans. Voters still see in Trump a fighter and champion for the forgotten and ill-used citizens of the United States. They certainly do. And now they see him as more than a Molotov cocktail. That was the famous Michael Moore speech. The human Molotov cocktail thrown into the machine. Yeah, now he's a bulldozer. Now they're hoping for divine retribution in Donald Trump. We confront a perilous moment in U.S. history. Our country suffers from sky high violent crime, the ravages of an effectively open border, a subversive educational system and the anxiety of an economy that punishes workers, all brought about deliberately by Joe Biden and his allies. At such a flashpoint flashpoint in history like this one, political unity among conservatives is an imperative. A second Biden term would risk the permanent loss of our republic as we know it. Moreover, the very plausible scenario of Vice President Kamala Harris taking over for a weekend, Biden makes his this already troubling outcomes even more bleak. Notice. Our republic, he said, 
That's right. It is our republic. It is your republic. What do the Democrats say? say our democracy. Democracy sucks. It was bad. It will always be bad. And we're not fans of democracy. They're trying to gaslight you by saying democracy is a good thing. Demo- no, democracy was always a bad thing. Hierarchy is not a bad thing. Abge- like absolute authoritarian hierarchy, a bad thing. Okay. But meritocratic hierarchy is a great thing. The guy who can run the fastest, we have him do the running. And guess what? He gets sent to the Olympics. We don't decide that we're going to democratically vote on who should go. And then you all argue. No, the guy with the record time goes. That is how our public operates. Now, we do have democratically elected representatives for sure. And that requires a pitch and sales. And so there is a partial democratic process within the system. But we are not a democracy. Democracy would imply the citizens just vote directly on things. And boy, would that be stupid because I've seen it happen. If we were a democracy, it would be like, all right, we got two guys here. Uh, one guy is a plumber of 40 years, and the other guy is a snake oil salesman. Who should fix the toilets? Vote. Yeah, not a big fan of that. And now the issue here is that's still effectively what we have. You see what I'm describing? The issue in a direct democracy would be the policy that we put in place. Instead of saying something like, who would it be? Because we actually have that problem now. It would be something like, which policy plan do you propose? And therein lies the challenge we face in our constitutional republic with democratically elected representatives. The very problem of democracy, as I explained, is actually one we still already face. But my point here is this. In a democracy, you don't even have the protection of hoping the plumber can outbid the snake oil salesman. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Here's what we see. In our system, you actually have the plumber and the snake oil salesman, and they make their pitch because we have a choice in who represents us. And it's supposed to be that the average person says, I got to go with the plumber. You know what I mean? I mean, he's got the experience. The other guy loses. The other guy could lie and stuff. Imagine this. Both the plumber and the snake oil salesman pitch a policy, a bill, a legislation. You know, Ian talks about this, like we should have the people. No, we shouldn't do this. And then what happens is it's not so clearly cut, clearly defined. In a democracy, the people would just vote yay or nay on installing new U-pipe, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe it doesn't work because the average person doesn't really know. There is a wisdom of the crowd. I can fully respect that. But the idea of a republic is that the smaller states are protected. The system was built rather beautifully to protect, say, Rhode Island from California. Or more importantly, the small communities in bigger states even. 
the idea that we would take water from uh, this actually happens in California. Anyway, trying to clarify what I mean. We have the problems of democracy existing within our republic. Imagine how much worse they would be if everything was directly voted on. There you go. I, I, I hope I made my point clear enough because I think I kind of botched that one. But you get the point. It's bad enough that you can have bad reps lie to you. Imagine if the average person had to try and figure out the law for themselves and then they would have to vote on it. It would be it would just be nuts. So we have a system in which all the states are, are, are protected. There's different jurisdictions. And that means that if you're somebody who likes living in Nolens, you can go live in Nolens. And if you want to be pro-life, you can go live in a pro-life state. Benefits. Regarding the border disaster, December marked a new monthly all-time high for migrants crossing into our homeland, over 300,000 of them. This lawless chaos extends far beyond incompetent mismanagement and instead represents a purposeful move to effectively vaporize the border and the idea of an American national sovereignty. And that is correct. But I want to stop here. Well, Steve Cortez is saying that the elites despise the working class. So is Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders tweets, Donald Trump is the leading Republican candidate for president once again. Why? Because working class Americans are looking around and asking, who cares about us? If Democrats hope to win this November, they must stand with working people and fight for an aggressive progressive agenda. Nothing less than the future of our democracy is at stake. And therein lies the point. Our democracy. So let, let, let me try and clarify and break this down once again. The difference between our republic and our democracy. In both instances, the way they're described, an individual is chosen to run the show. In the our democracy system, they don't believe that Illinois and Indiana are different places with different people and different backgrounds. They believe it's all just one thing and you should all do as you're told. A democracy is more like California. I'll break it down for you. I went and covered the drought in California. This was uh, 10 years ago and uh, nine, nine or so years ago. The small towns in Tulare County had no water. That's democracy. You see, the big cities voted. Here's how it happens. The government says, who should get the water? You decide. Okay, well, the city has millions of people. It votes. We get the water. The small towns, they vote. They say, we get the water. Guess what? 300,000 people lose 2 million people. Democracy. So what happens in a system like this? If this persistent democracy the Democrats have built, uh, uh, well, if it persists, what happens is in a scenario like that, the 300,000 people take guns stand around their water and say, we will die without this and you won't take it from us. The people in the city then vote once again to send an oppressive force to go and kill everybody and take what take their stuff. And you'll end up with fighting and conflict. Democracy. Ooh, it sounds so great, right? What about a republic? A republic protects the smaller jurisdictions in that you can't just vote to take these things away from people. It's not so simple. A republic has sovereign territories. The jurisdiction of the federal government can extend only so far within the states and the states are protected in a variety of ways. And it's not perfect. There's great overlap. There are similarities. It's far from perfect. But Bernie Sanders gets it. The American people want Donald Trump because he cares about him. Well, you know, let me say this. We're planning events. How about this one? Monday, we were supposed to have Vivek Ramaswamy on the show during the Iowa caucus. Uh, we reached out to everybody and Vivek was the only one who agreed in terms of the candidates. And uh, that's great. And they didn't show up. He did not show up because he lost. And then he conceded. We kind of saw that one coming. During the show, we're like, Vivek's supposed to be here. He's not showing up. We're seeing the results come in. We're like, yeah. They called the race for Trump. And Vivek was like, I'm out. We have an event planned for March. 
And uh, we were talking with Vivek's team about whether he would like to be involved as well, as well as many other presidential candidates. And it was looking really good. Mm. Problem. Vivek dropped out. And so uh, the reality is, what can we really plan for in terms of events if they're all dropping out and they're likely going to? Take a look at this from Sky News. Nikki Haley will gracefully drop out to avoid getting smoked by Donald Trump. Republican strategist John Jordan has predicted 2024 U.S. presidential candidate Nikki Haley will drop out of the primary race before South Carolina. Okay, here's the election calendar. New Hampshire is the 23rd coming up in 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 less than a week or about a week. February 3rd, South Carolina is the Democratic primary. The 24th of February is the Republican primary in South Carolina. They're saying she's going to drop out within one month. Perhaps. That makes sense. Let me show you the polls here from 538. Who's ahead in South Carolina? Donald Trump has 52.3%. If Nikki Haley loses her own home state, it's going to be bad. The only reason she's still in is that in New Hampshire, the polls have her doing fairly well. But the reality here is she's not actually doing well. It's a Republican primary. It's supposed to be Republicans picking who their nominee is going to be. Instead, it is Democrats switching party, or if it's an open primary state, voting in the Republican primary to sabotage Donald Trump. From WBUR, independents and Democrats could help Haley catch Trump in the New Hampshire primary. Ah, and there it is. You see, we're headed towards this system. It's not, it's not, it's not supposed to be this way, but that's the way it is. Mary Mulroy is just the kind of voter Nikki Haley is counting on for a chance to beat Donald Trump in the New Hampshire primary. The 74-year-old Manchester resident usually votes Democratic and supported Joe Biden. The primary goal is to not ever let Trump back into office again. And there is the game they are playing. Nikki Haley should drop out. The moment this became clear that she is being used as a weapon against the Republican Party, she should have dropped out. She won't. Poll NBC News. Nearly half of Nikki Haley's Iowa backers say they'd vote for Biden over Trump. That's right. The Iowa poll finds most likely GOP caucus goers would vote for Trump in the 2024 general, but not Nikki Haley. Why? Because she is Hillary Clinton. A vote for Nikki Haley is a vote for uh, Hillary Clinton. They're calling her Dem Light. Sure, she said some things that Republicans may like in terms of conservative values, but she does a segment where she's like, don't call illegal immigrants criminals. Okay, I'll call them criminal immigrants. How's that one for you? They are. You break the law, you enter the country. A criminal alien is probably better because immigrant implies legal process. Like someone who immigrates here, you see the games they play? Nah, criminal alien. There you go. Someone who is not from this country, who has entered it illegally, has committed a crime, and they are an alien. They are a criminal alien. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Nikki Haley's a Democrat. She should drop out. She may. For the time being, Donald Trump is ahead. He's going to stay ahead. CNN's canceling their debates. It's crumbling down around them. There is no reason to waste any money on any of these primary processes when the Republican Party could spend all that money on helping Donald Trump beat Joe Biden. Or perhaps in March, if that JP Morgan strategist is correct, we end up with Newsom or Michelle Obama. You know, Michelle Obama recently came out and said her greatest fear could soon be realized. And maybe that is the primer to say to all of us, she is preparing to run. Yo, I have no idea what's going to happen. None. So we'll see. I'll leave it there. 
Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. I've got good news, and by that I mean really awful and terrifying news. So uh, how's your year going so far? Chinese lab tests 100% deadly virus strain. Okay. Well, apparently learning nothing from COVID, scientists are still engaged in gain-of-function research to make the most deadly viruses known to man, which will probably at some point leach out into the population. And then I guess, I don't know, I guess the best we can hope for is zombie apocalypse, because at least in some sense, that would be fun in the fantasy fighting zombies kind of idea. I, I think the reality is most people would not have any kind of fun at all in a zombie apocalypse. But because we all watched movies, it seems like it'd be fun. Despite the fact that the characters are always rather terrified. Anyway, I had a friend once, he made a joke. He says, I want and encourage a zombie apocalypse. And I'm like, yeah, because you watch these movies and there's adventure and all that stuff. But uh, the reality of these deadly diseases spreading rapidly all over the place, you'd be scared to leave your closet and you'd be fighting with Agnes in the Walmart parking lot over the last can of beans. And then if the zombies actually came, uh, the reality is zombie bites are not a good way of actually spreading a zombie virus. So any kind of like actual zombie plague would probably be liquid uh, blood-borne virus. Well, I mean, to be honest, imagine a, a zombie virus, uh, that a, a plague that was airborne. Yikes. Anyway, we're, we're getting off topic here. Let's, let's get to the news. Chinese scientists create a mutant coronavirus strain that attacks the brain and has a 100% kill rate in mice. As they admit, there's a risk it spills over to humans. Uh, why are you making this? <laughs> like, at least the idea with nuclear bombs is that we choose to fire them. And if they all get fired, well, someone had to make a choice. And even that can go out of control. But yo, you make a virus that just kills everybody. And it can spread accidentally. But sure. Maybe this will be the great filter. Chinese scientists have been experimenting with a mutant coronavirus strain that is 100% lethal in mice, despite concerns such research could spark another pandemic. Hmm. Scientists in Beijing, who are linked to the Chinese military, cloned a COVID-like virus found in pangolins known as GXP2V and used it to infect mice. The mice have been humanized, meaning they were engineered to express a protein found in people, with the goal being to assess how the virus might react in humans. Every rodent that was infected with the pathogen died within eight days, which the researchers described as surprisingly quick. Oh, are you excited for 2024? The team were also surprised. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. To find high levels of viral load in the mice's brains and eyes, suggesting the virus, despite being related to COVID, multiplies and spreads through the body in a unique way. Oh, I, I just, I, I, I love this. They're giving us everything we could hope for and more, which is a potential apocalyptic scenario. Maybe it's on purpose because then they can use the pandemic to depopulate the earth or just control people through fear. 
Writing in a scientific paper that has not yet been published, they warned the finding underscores a spillover risk of GXP2V into humans. Oh, look at pangolins. I hear pangolins are really dangerous because they have all these diseases or whatever. But look how silly and funny that thing is. It's like a goofy looking little critter. See, the virus was discovered in pangolins in Malaysia. Scaly mammals that are, no, that are known harborers of coronaviruses and were heavily speculated to be the intermediate host that passed COVID from bats to humans. Yikes. What was that? Someone ate a pangolin at a wet market. Professor Francois Ballot, an infectious disease expert based University College of London, wrote on Twitter, it's a terrible study, scientifically totally pointless. I can see nothing of vague interest that could be learned from force infecting a weird breed of humanized mice with a random virus. Conversely, I could see how such stuff might go wrong. Professor Richard Ebright, a chemist at Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey, told the Daily Mail he wholeheartedly agreed with Professor Below's assessment. He added, the preprint does not specify the biosafety level and biosafety precautions used for the research. The absence of this information raises the concerning possibility that part or all of this research, like the research in Wuhan in 2016 through 19, that likely caused COVID-19 pandemic, recklessly was performed without the minimal biosafety containment and practices essential for research with a potential pandemic uh, with a potential pandemic pathogens. Come on, man. Seriously, you know. The reason why aliens are not going to give us technology is because could you imagine what we would do with it? Listen, what do you think would happen if you went to like the North Sentinel Island and handed these people a bunch of fully automatic AK-47s? Do you think they would responsibly wield these weapons? No. People would kill their enemies. You know, so it's like an uncontacted human tribe for those that don't know, don't know North Sentinel Island. They'd kill their enemies instantly. And the rest of them would just open fire on us and our helicopters. There's uh, the famous video where the helicopter is like, flying near the island and they're firing bows and arrows at the helicopter. Like, well, there you go. If you give an uncontacted tribe weapons, they will use them in dangerous ways. I'll put it this way. Imagine if someone went to like, I don't know, uh, a bunch of Antifa and gave them so, uh, uh, like, let's imagine a skin tight suit that generates a force field allows them to fly and fire blasts of energy. What do you think these people would do with those suits? Bullets can't hurt them anymore. They can fly and they can vaporize anybody with seemingly limitless power. Yo, these people are going to go around and become dictators in two seconds. Aliens are not going to show up to Earth and give us all these weapons because we'll do dumb things with them. My point. You know, we here in the United States and other countries, we will invent something and then crackpot, insane Chinese communist military guys will be like, I'm going to make the virus. When we invent this stuff, we create BSL-4, biosafety level four, meaning four layers to prevent this virus from escaping. When we then develop these technologies that allow for genetic engineering and gain of function research, other countries that don't have the same level of safety precautions set up or advancement will then use them in reckless ways like this, and it could wipe out the planet. But how are you doing? The absence of this information raises the concerning possibility that it could uh, basically lead to another COVID-19. According to the study carried out by the Beijing University of Chemical Technology, the virus was discovered in 2017 prior to the COVID outbreak. It was discovered in Malaysia in pangolins. We know pangolins are. We read that already. 
It is unclear when the newly surfaced study was conducted, but the researchers said it was possible the virus had undergone a virulence enhancing mutation in storage, which made it more deadly. For the new research, eight mice were infected with the virus, eight were infected with an inactivated virus, and eight were used as a control group. Have fun. All mice infected with the virus died. They succumbed to the infection between seven and eight days after being infected. Symptoms included their eyes turning completely white, rapid weight loss, and fatigue. Researchers found significant amounts of the, vir- of the virus in the rodents' brains, lungs, noses, eyes, and windpipes. By day six, the viral load had significantly decreased in the lungs, but the animals' brains had shrunk, and there were exceptionally high virus levels in their brains. Yo, this is creepy. The results suggest the virus infects via the respiratory system and then migrates to the brain, unlike COVID, which causes lower lung infections and pneumonia in severe cases. However, there have been examples of COVID being found in brain tissue of severely sick patients. Severe brain infection during the later stages of infection may be the key cause of death in these mice. They concluded, this is the first report showing that a SARS-CoV-2 related pangolin coronavirus can cause 100% mortality in HACE2 mice, suggesting a risk for GXP2V to spill over into humans. Well, stop screwing around with it. However, the original strain of COVID also killed 100% in mice in some studies, meaning the new results may not be directly applicable to humans. They probably aren't. But seriously, Dr. Gennady Glinsky, a retired professor of medicine at Stanford, said on social media, this madness must be stopped before it's too late. Hey, look, they include a picture of Peter Daszak and Dr. Fauci, the two guys most likely responsible for the COVID-19 pandemic. Man, how many people died? That's kind of crazy, you know. Dr. Fauci funding the uh, uh, EcoHealth Alliance and all of that stuff may make them, you know, I don't want to say directly responsible because I'm not saying that Fauci went to the labs that make the virus and then did all this stuff. But they are the people involved in the process, which resulted in, let's just put it as lightly as possible. It's the, it's the industry of gain-of-function research. And Rand Paul called out Fauci for his funding of gain-of-function research. So I hold these guys responsible. In my opinion, Dr. Fauci is responsible. And it's horrifying that we're still on this path. It's never going to stop. We talk about AI a lot. And everyone asks, We know the dangers of AI. Why won't anyone stop? Because if one company stops, another company does it. U.S. researchers say if we don't make it, China will make it. And that's where we are now. Chinese scientists working on these projects are simply saying the same thing that everyone else is saying. If we don't do this technology, someone else will and it'll be used against us. Perhaps that is the reasoning. Perhaps this is the answer to Fermi's paradox, the doomed fate of all life to chase after weapons or technology that will destroy them. Final thought on this. I think the great filter is probably the answer to the Fermi's paradox, or it's likely to be. Let me tell you about ignition. A point at which you get a piece of carbon hot enough to where a fire starts. Oxygen and carbon mix, you know, fire comes out, heat energy. And as the heat from this process, it's a, I believe it's a fusion process, uh, uh, spreads and ignites the other, hits the other particles, they ignite. Ignition is the point at which it becomes self-perpetuating and consumes itself. There are probably many ignition points for many things. When we talk about fire, it's the release of energy from 
let me see if I can remember my fifth grade uh, science classes correctly. You have carbon and you have uh, oxygen. And then uh, I believe that's carbon and oxygen. And when the oxygen and the carbon heats up to a certain point at which it can fuse with the oxygen, it creates carbon dioxide, releases a ton of energy. That energy then heats up the carbon surrounding it, which causes the same thing to happen. That's at least I think I'm probably getting away wrong. I, I, I you know, I don't uh, track that stuff anymore. I can talk to talk to you about humans and politics or whatever. But there's fusion ignition as well. There could be a period at which someone is screwing around with technology. They slam some particles together in the Large Hadron Collider, causing an atomic ignition, which destroys all matter on Earth. Thanks, scientists. But who knows? What do you do about it? I'd say at the very least, do not make crazy viruses that kill people. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. So apparently the Babylon Bee has sparked a controversy on the right all places with a joke about Donald Trump giving Vivek Ramaswamy a job running the White House 7-Eleven. Vivek Ramaswamy laughed, didn't care. Many people on the right laughed and said, very funny. And uh, my favorite response was from Siraj Hajmi, who posted a clip of Joe Biden saying that you can't go to a 7-Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts without a slight Indian accent. I'm not kidding. Guys, I can't believe people are actually upset by this. I don't think Vivek was offended. I bet he laughed when he saw it. It's kind of crazy to me that you make an observational joke about the fact that there's a high rate of Indian uh, store clerks. Simpsons made the joke. Oh, boy, did people get mad about the Simpsons with Apu. Apu Nahatapina Pesalon or whatever his name is, I don't know, whatever his name is, ran the cookie mart. And they said it was so offensive because there was this one guy and he was like, when I was a kid, people would keep coming up, come up, uh, coming up to me and saying like, thank you, come again because of Apu on The Simpsons. And I'm just like, dude, that's on you, not on anyone else. OK, Vivek didn't care. The funny thing is there are people on the right that are offended by this. And I'm not I'm not saying that they're coming up and like, oh, how he got they're, they're being like, well, this one missed the mark, Babylon B. I don't think you should. Dude. Everybody knows that in major cities, a lot of Indian migrants come to this country legally and they work in convenience stores. Why? Why? Why is it that people who come from Asian countries work in uh, uh, Chinese food stores or Thai stores? Look, I went to a sushi place once and it was run by Korean people. Sushi is Japanese because they're like, we can start a business here. Here's something we can do. It works for our friends and family. It makes money. I personally don't care. I'll read you the story. It's actually really funny. But the big thing is that it makes fun of DeSantis, too, because they actually address the, the, the issue of race in it. But I want to show you some of the tweets. But I want to start by saying this. A joke for all of you. Um, shout out to my mom who makes math videos. So uh, when I've told the story before, but it's, just, it's a funny story. And it exemplifies the point about this Babylon Bee story. When they when the first wave of demonetizations were happening on YouTube, you know, seven or whatever years ago. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Basically, you put up a video, YouTube would strip ads from it. You'd make no money. And you'd be like, I worked all day and I made no money. That's messed up. It sucked. And uh, I was hanging out with a friend and uh, uh, Lauren Southern and shout out Lauren Southern. I don't know if I ever mentioned it was her. I think I did. I don't know. Whatever. But uh, yeah, it was Lauren Southern. And Lauren said, it's clear they're targeting conservatives with demonetization to take their money away. And I said, I don't know if that's true because my mom makes math videos and she's getting demonetized too. And Lauren goes, why am I not surprised that your Korean mom makes math videos? I immediately busted out laughing and immediately texted my mom like, holy crap, this is hilarious. I was like, Lauren just pointed out that you're a Korean mother and you make math videos. And my mom responds with all caps. Ha 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 ha. We we laughed about it. How insane is it that a friend of mine who is a friend of mine I know doesn't hate me, made a joke pointing out the silliness of stereotypes and the irony. And I enjoyed the joke, laughed along with her, told my mom, who also immediately laughed. It put a smile on our faces. I don't get it. It wasn't intended to hurt the Vake Ramaswamy. It is meant to make a joke about a stereotype or trope we see in public. And Vivek Ramaswamy is the is the subject of the joke. This is the thing. I always tell people when it comes to humor, when it comes to being embarrassed, it's your fault. Seriously, it is entirely your fault. You've got comedians, Rodney Dangerfield. This guy was trying to get into entertainment his whole life. It never it never worked out for him. He got real sad and down on himself. And then one day he just went up on stage and was like, huh, I got to tell you, everybody hates me. I get no respect, even my dog. And then he's telling jokes about how he's such a lowly figure that no one cares about. And then he, he creates an absurdity of like, even his dog doesn't look at him or something. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to try and pull off Ronnie Dangerfield jokes, but he was a funny guy. Bang. Celebrity. Fame, fortune, movies. He nailed it. Self-deprecating humor. Do you think that guy was upset about it? Do you think Rodney Dangerfield was embarrassed by going up on stage and being like, I'm such a loser? No, he was entertaining people and they loved him for it. Legend. I always felt it like this. Imagine uh, a kid in school in class and he farts and everyone starts pointing and laughing, saying, ew, you fart. He's like, shut up. No, I didn't. He smelt it, dealt it. No, he denied it, supplied it. And they're making fun of him. And the kid gets all embarrassed and his face turns red, right? The inverse to this is the class clown. Who, said, who raises his hand, and the teacher says, yes, Billy, there's something you need. He goes, yeah, give me a second. Lifts up a cheek and just lets one rip and busts out laughing. And then everyone's like, oh, you're so gross. He's not embarrassed at all. Both are circumstances in which a person farted, right? My point is this, man. I don't think Vivek Ramaswamy cares about this article. I want to read you the article because it's funny. Babylon B writes, Trump promises Vivek an administration position running the White House 7-Eleven. It is a joke about Trump being racist. It is a joke about Vivek Ramaswamy being Indian. Vivek, uh, uh, let me, can I pull up Vivek's response? Uh, wait, wait, where's Vivek's response here? There's, there's Matt Binder. Uh, there's someone who's angry, apparently. Oh, I don't think I have Vivek's uh, response. Pulled up. Vivek said, I'm a survivor with a laughing emoji. Because uh, Matt Walsh was like, why are you all acting like anyone's offended by this? The Babylon Bee it's a fake article, mind you. I know some people just, you know, pose law. Following the former president Donald Trump's landslide victory in Iowa primary, 
an immediate concession by GOP candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, Trump offered an olive branch by promising the bill. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> Trump offered an olive branch by promising the billionaire entrepreneur a cabinet position <laughs> running the White House 7-Eleven convenience store. <laughs> it's so good. Promising the billionaire. Like, Vivek doesn't need the job. Quote, I've always said Vivek was a great man, one of the greatest men, to be honest, said Trump during a victory speech. That's why I've graciously offered him this incredible opportunity, a once-in-a-lifetime chance to run our big, beautiful White House convenience store. It's tremendous. It's a tremendous, wonderful place. Under Biden, the White House doesn't even have a 7-Eleven. Not good. We're going to bring convenience back to the West Wing. <laughs> Trump went on to say that he'll work closely with Ramaswamy every day when he takes office, stopping by the official 7-Eleven store located in the halls of the West Wing several times a day for a Diet Coke and, quote, one of those delicious warmed up cheeseburgers under the hot light thingies. <laughs> Ramaswamy quickly began training for the position, watching official 7-Eleven franchisee training videos on how to fix the Slurpee machine and offer fast service ringing up big gulps. Quote, technically, I'm really very overqualified for this, Ramaswamy told reporters, and I'm a little suspicious as to why Trump chose me for this position over some of the other candidates, but I'll take what I can get at this point. <laughs> when questioned, Trump was horrified at the accusations that any kind of racial stereotyping played into his selection of Ramaswamy. Quote, I wanted to offer the job to DeSantis, frankly, but he's too short to see over the little hot dog display. Uh, what do they say? Uh, so apparently everybody got really mad. There's a bunch of responses. Uh, Matt Walsh made a post where he was like, you know, why are people even acting like they're offended by this? Here's a post where someone tweeted, I'm 100% Trump and think Babylon B is a national treasure, but this one is just stupid. You can and should do better. A public retraction seems appropriate here, but I'm still, but I'll still look forward to your stuff. Yo. The only thing about this this joke that should offend Trump supporters is the insinuation that Trump is racist. He's not. The, the, the joke article mentions him being like, no, I wanted to give the job to DeSantis. I think this is great. I think it was hilariously done. And I think it's just so stupid that there are people telling you you can't make jokes about obvious and perceived stereotypes to the irony of those stereotypes. That is to say, like me, a you know, my mom is Korean. And she makes math videos. And it's like when I realized that, I never even thought about it. And Lauren says it, and I just started laughing. I, I don't understand. Am I supposed to feel like, am I supposed to feel offended? Let's, let's talk about what offended means. An attack on someone. Like, did, was I literally supposed to feel like Lauren was trying to hurt me? She made a joke to make me laugh, pointing out an irony to which she succeeded. It made me feel good. And then I laughed and told my mom, and she also laughed about it and enjoys the silliness of it. I don't get it. Why would you be hurt by some of this stuff? If I was Vivek and I saw this article, I'd bust out laughing. If if someone, it's, let's say it's the same point I made about Lauren. If, if Babylon B wrote an article uh, talking about me starting like a hair growth club for men, and or, or you know, here's a good one. If Babylon B made a, a joke about me where they said, Tim Pool's new, you know, men's hair club just sells people beanies or something. I would laugh. That's it. You know, and I will say this. You know, people people often ask about the beanie. It's 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 actually quite simple. 
Go to a skate park in the summer. Everybody's, you see a bunch of skateboarders wearing beanies. But uh, I don't know. It just became the thing. Just became the thing. There was a guy who was this big marketing executive who I met after Occupy Wall Street. When at the time I had some hippie, the the, the hat I was wearing at the time was a hippie brimmed, um, like weird wool beanie kind of thing. I don't even know how to describe it, but it had a a visor. And he told me like, keep the beanie. It's your thing. And I was like, really? Because if you look at some of the other skate videos I have, I had these weird hippie dippy beanies. If you guys know what iPath is, you might understand. And uh, they have visors in them, though. And he was like, no, no, do the beanie. That's your thing. And I was like, OK. And so that's it. And it's like a meme. But you know, whatever. Make fun of me, man. Like, you can call me whatever you want. You can make jokes about my race. Uh, I've had people do that. And I'm just I laugh about it. We get a guy on Timcast IRL who posts the most vile things. And I'm like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to think about this. Like, I'm not going to get angry. It's like that viral uh, meme where the dude's like, Cyberbullying doesn't exist. Just like close the screen, like turn the TV off. You know what I mean? If someone goes on the internet and says something about me, I'll be like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I've had worse things said to my face. If someone came up to me and said something about like my mom being Korean and doing math videos as, as, as a means to insult me, I would still probably just have like, imagine if it wasn't Lauren who made the joke. Imagine if it was like some actual racist guy who was like trying to insult and mock me. I'd still laugh. I'd be like, you're right. <laughs> My mom does make math videos. She makes, they're pretty good. I don't know. Yo, life is short. You can't get all angry about everything all the time. If someone comes at me with a knife, that's offending me. Like that's, that is an offense against me. Someone comes at me and says crass comments or remarks. I'll be like, dude, there are a lot of people who have this pride thing, you know, choose your battles. That's the most important thing. Choose your battles. Don't waste your time. Cause I tell you this, there are certain fights I'd love to get in legally lawsuits, et cetera. But if there's no path to victory, you got to ask yourself, what's your pa- what's your plan? If you're going to get into a conflict of any kind, what is your end goal and what is your path towards victory? And if there isn't one, emotional satisfaction is not an appropriate means to damage yourself. So if someone comes to me and tries to get in my face or whatever, I say, I'm going to leave because any fight you can avoid is a fight you've won. There's not there's no that's the weirdest thing. Some people are like this, you know, you insulted my honor, so I'm going to fight you now. Why? What do you gain from this? You gain nothing. Now, if someone came to me and said, this guy ins- ins- in, in, you know, insulted your honor, I want you to fight him and I'll pay you a million dollars. I'd be like, OK, well, I'm not going to fight the guy because I'm mad at him, but a million dollars. You know, and so if that's like, a, you know, they do these celebrity boxing things. Sure, I get it. Create a real incentive that gives you value. To all the people who are pretending to be angry about this, whatever, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.